It's Wednesday, March 6, 2019. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, what a privilege today to have Scarlett Hiltabottle on the Defender Podcast with us, and she and her husband, Brandon, uh, live in Middle Tennessee and raise uh, their family. Uh, one of the things she says in her bio is they are pretend farmers uh, <laughs> together in Middle Tennessee. Uh, Scarlett and her husband, Brandon, like I said, they adopted uh, one daughter from China, and uh, her sweet daughter uh, has the gift of being able to communicate through sign language as her main communication. And so uh, Scarlett and her family have just wrapped around her um, with sign language. Uh, she is a professional wife and mother and just... Uh, <laughs> recently authored a new book, Afraid of All Things, and she also has another book as well called He Numbered the Pores on My Face. She's a regular, uh, writes a regular column for Parent Life Magazine. So Scarlett, we are grateful to have you here. Will you just, outside of that brief bio, just tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. Sure. I'm so happy to be here, Herbie. Thank you for having me. Um, Yeah, I mean, you pretty much covered all of it. We are trying to figure out farm life. We moved here probably... Huh. It was probably a year after our adoption of Joy, who is a little miracle. I can't wait to talk about her this whole time. <laughs> um, but we moved out here and I was a city person. I grew up in New York, um, LA and Miami and lived in townhouses and apartments and suburbs. And so it's this big experiment because my husband had some country roots and we tried to have animals and we tried to have plants and now they're all either dead or gone and we have a hamster. So <laughs> that is, that's life right now. And doing a lot of sign language, like you said, um, we learned sign language the year leading up to adopting Joy when we found out she was deaf and it's been a really fun challenge for our family. And yeah, that's what we do. I write books and I homeschool one of my kids. Um, Joy goes to preschool part-time because she gets all these um, therapies like speech therapy and um, sign language interpreting. And she's gotten some physical therapy that has just helped her along so much. So we have a lot going on and that's us. You, you covered it pretty much for me. <laughs> well, and you know, you mentioned writing books and I know you just released this book, Afraid of All Things. Talk a little bit about just how the Lord led you to, to write this book, particularly uh, the title is obviously intriguing and just kind of what you explore through this writing. Yeah. First of all, and I'm sorry to correct you, but everyone says the same thing. Everybody misses the, the, it's afraid of all the things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and you know why they miss the, the is because in the beautiful cover design, which I love so much, the, the is very thin and it's easy to miss. So it's, <laughs> yeah, it's afraid of all the things. It's a really long story. I, writing has always been the thing that I loved. I've been writing books, quote, book, quote, unquote, books since I was nine. And I, I literally wrote a book about my fears when I was nine and my mom saved it. And the back of it says, will Scarlett ever overcome her fears? Read the book to find out. So when people ask, how did you come up with this book? And I'm like, I don't know. I was nine. <laughs> That's when I started writing it. But, um, but I just, I wrote it because my biggest spiritual battle, emotional battle, often physical battle of life has been fear and anxiety. Um, it fed into just my view of the world, the decisions I made, um, reasons that, you know, the reason that we didn't adopt for so long when my husband wanted to, and I was like, 
no, that's scary. I, you know, I don't, you don't know what you're getting into. I had all these fears about adoption. I had all these fears about my parenting, my biological children. I was just kind of constantly living with fear and panic and jumping from one thing to another to try to find comfort and peace and nothing worked, <laughs> um, surprisingly, and because only Jesus works. But, um, mm. but I, I became a Christian when I was 14, but I had this kind of faulty view of God where I thought, okay, I needed Jesus's death and resurrection to save me, but I better do a really good job of being a good Christian for him mm. to be pleased with me. And I would read verses like, you know, where he'd say, depart from me. I never knew you. You did all these things in my name. And I think, is that me? And so I had this kind of underlying fear that I didn't do Christian. I wasn't doing Christianity the right way. So I had in, in the book, I talk about like, it's written kind of lighthearted. And I talk about like funny stories where I was little and I thought, my appendix was rupturing because that because Madeline in the book Madeline her appendix ruptures <laughs> and I, I tried to write it in a funny way um, excuse me but um, but I I just dealt with it in different ways my whole life and and but the biggest part of my fear I think was that underlying like <laughs> the the deep fear of does God love me and um, so I'd say I was a Christian but I wasn't living the abundant life the joyful peaceful life that was available to me um, yeah. until I met this woman named Elizabeth, who I talk about all the time, because the wisdom that she shared with me about the gospel changed my whole life. Um, it was shortly after meeting her, a few years later, that we were able to step into things like adoption, because I, I didn't have that stronghold of fear anymore. But um, I was in a group of women with her, and all the women were just talking about parenting advice. And they were saying, oh, this was a great book on sleep training. This is a great discipline tactic. And then it got to her and she said, you know, guys, my goal is not to raise perfect kids or to be a perfect mom. I can't, even if I want that goal, like I'm not going to make that happen. It's impossible. Um, so my goal is to just live the gospel out in my home. And practically what that looks like is if I snap at one of my kids for throwing a tantrum, I apologize to them for snapping at them. And if I argue with my husband, I apologize to him and to them out in the open. I don't hide it. And then I, I pray out loud and repent in front of my family and to teach my children what repentance looks like. Like, what does it look like to apologize to the Lord for your sin, to talk to a holy God yeah. and have access to him through Christ and then turn from it? Like, what does that look like? And that was like, it was like the earth shattered where I realized, oh my goodness, my goals have been wrong all along. Like, I don't have to be striving. I can be resting in what Jesus did for me. And so that changed my parenting. It changed. I had a baby, my first biological baby, and I was fresh off the heels of this life-threatening, scary miscarriage. And mm. I was married to a pastor and I was like, oh, I don't have to be perfect. Like I can't be, but I also don't have to, I can just rest in Jesus. And so it was then that I started learning to hold the gospel up to my marriage and up to my fear and panic. And just little by little, God has been teaching me to walk in peace by preaching the gospel to myself. And that's what the whole book is about. It's just stories from my life, really scary things I've been through, times I have failed because I turned away from the Lord in confusion, times that he protected me in a bubble of peace because I ran to him. Um, mm. I have a whole chapter on the adoption and just all the things, and I'll get into that, I'm sure, in a few minutes. But I had so many fears surrounding adoption and just how the Lord lovingly led us, our family in that direction. And um, anyway, I hope that people who read it um, feel comfort and uh, that they can kind of have some tools and verses to turn back to, um, to help them with their fears. Cause life is scary. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Well, I, I think even, even hearing you 
talk about that and, and just the, the growing up, you know, we, we have three children as well. And our middle daughter just is so similar to the, what you're describing, just fearful, hmm. um, fearful that something will happen to her mom and her dad and poor thing. Her dad travels all the time. So she's always yeah. thinking about what will happen, what, 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 what yeah. happens. Um, hmm. And, and fear is such a powerful thing. And yet I'm afraid that even in Christendom, so many times we look at people that are fearful and we say, don't fear. Um, yeah. And, and that's the worst thing to tell someone who's right. fearful. Uh, it's not something you just turn it around. And I love what you say because it's only the power of the gospel and the presence of Christ mm-hmm. that, that's truly going to cast away the, the fear of all these things in our life. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I, I'm also reading right now in my Bible reading for the book of Job. And it's always hard every year when I get to Job because it's, it's, it's a hard to just listen to Job lament. Yeah. But it, it reminds us that as Christ followers, we've been given this gospel, 2 Corinthians 1, and have been comforted in order to comfort others in their fears and to comfort others in their distress. And so, you know, that's one of the things that I, I know we're so excited about your book because you've even talked about it. Adoption brings out fears. And adoption is one of all these things that brings out the fears in your life. So talk about just even as you wrote the book and, and as you've been writing this book, like you said, since you were seven, what are some ways that the Lord really addressed the fears you had through adoption? Well, it's interesting that I was so afraid of adoption. I mean, I was afraid of all the things like the book title, but, um, but I had a big fear of adoption and it's kind of funny because I was adopted. Um, my parents got divorced when I was five. And I think that's when my fear and anxiety began because when you're little, it's hard to understand a dad can go away. A house can go away. We could like moving. It's all very confusing. And I, I was raised in a Christian home. So even though my mom was pointing me to Joshua one, nine, do not be afraid. The Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. Um, it wasn't sinking in like what I could see Mm. and feel was what it was like, okay, I hear those words, but where's my dad, you know? Um, And so amazingly, and this is just seriously one of the greatest gifts of my life, but um, my mom reconnected with her high school sweetheart um, probably a year after the divorce. And he is one of the most godly, wonderful humans that has ever walked the earth. I'm convinced. And he um, adopted me well, they got married and I had a different last name. I wanted to have the same last name. And so he officially legally adopted me when I was eight. And so you would think that someone who who can look back and remember the fear and panic of losing a father through divorce and being confused Mm. and then having this Superman swoop in and not only like pay for my Christian school, but like, listen to me while I sit, sat on the counter as a teenager and talked for hours about boy drama and cheerleading drama. And like, he, he was my father. Like he truly adopted me and became my dad um, where I was lacking a dad. And um, you would think that that would like push me and drive me to be like, I want to do this, you know? Um, But it was really the opposite because I did have such a, I've been saying on interviews, like I, I just talking through this with different people, I've realized I had this kind of filter problem where like, instead of waking up and being like, Lord, thank you for loving me. You're awesome. How, who do you want me to love? Like, how can I love someone the way you've loved me today? That was not my filter. My filter was 
good morning, Lord. How can I protect myself and my family today? Um, what are the steps I need to take to make sure that everyone is happy and safe? You know, um, I had the wrong filter. So I married this awesome godly man who wanted to adopt since he became a Christian, just because of the beauty of the gospel in it. I mean, when you adopt a child, it is really hard to not remember the gospel because it's, it's mm. such a beautiful example of it. So he always talked about it. We had two biological kids of our own and it was kind of just one of these conversations where I would always be like, Brandon, I think adoption is awesome. However, um, they give you a form, you know, this Brandon, they give you a form where you have to choose boy or girl, special needs, um, you know, China, Africa, like there's all these choices. And I always thought if I had to choose, I will feel either guilt for not choosing a child who's the most different or the most sick and needy, or I will choose someone who's just like me, or I'm sorry, I said that wrong. I'll choose someone just like me and feel guilt, or I'll choose someone very different. And it'll be so hard that it'll be mm. the scariest thing to walk into ever. And so that was kind of what our talks looked like. Um, and, you know, I, I wrote this book after we had a, like the actual book about Jesus, not the childhood version, but after we had adopted. But what the Lord did in me was after meeting that woman, Elizabeth, and just kind of understanding that the gospel is not just the thing that saves me, but it's for, I can rest in it every day. I can rest in it, um, you know, after I sin, immediately after I sin, I can take that failure yeah. to the Lord and say, thank you, Lord. Like, I don't have to despair in it, you know? Um, so when I started living that way, I, it also kind of coincided with um, a time I was in a small group with um, some people who hadn't adopted. They weren't pushy. They weren't saying you should step out of your comfort zone. They were just living their Christian life in front of me on Monday nights. And they, the way I describe them is they speak in Bible verses. So like <laughs> when a question would come up about the sermon, that's, what, you know, they'd be like, so when so-and-so preached, what did you think of this? They wouldn't say some biblically sound answer. They would quote scripture out of their brains with the reference. And like, they just knew God's word. And it was so powerful to just do life alongside of them that I kind of described that season as it was a time my fears kind of faded into the background because they, they rubbed off on me. And I, you know, memorizing scripture became more of a priority in my life. And simultaneously, God kept putting it was like chess pieces. Seriously. He was putting all these adoptive families in my path. And it was weird. It was like, I would drop my daughter off at soccer. And then there was someone who was flying to South Korea the, the next week to go pick up their son. And it was like so much in my face. And then it all kind of led to this moment where, um, there was a family wedding and I have, I was adopted into a very large family. So I have all these extended step family members that I never see. And uh, some of my adoptive cousins were there with their beautiful family of biological children and two, two little girls from China with special needs. And they had adopted through Lifeline. And so I saw their family. And to be totally honest, Herbie, I was uncomfortable. And I've told them this and I put it in the book too. But I was uncomfortable as soon as I saw them because it was like seeing that kind of what I would then describe as like this radical act of faith. Um, kind of pointed, at, I was convicted, like, oh, I'm not willing to be obedient to the Lord in my life and being around these people is making me uncomfortable. So um, I saw their sweet family interacting and I kind of avoided them. And then we had another family wedding the same year, which is just weird. That never happens. And then I saw them again and we were seated at the same table at the reception. Um, so I was like with them and just talking to them and observing that they weren't like, super holy, extra special. They, they were just sweet, kind, down to earth 
family. And, you know, the kids were so sweet together and they were, it was just so normal. And to see their family just being so kind, um, it just kind of stuck with me like, oh, it's not, it doesn't require this superhuman to do something like that. They're just sweet people who love the Lord. And then shortly after, and she's not even on Facebook anymore, but shortly after she posted some pictures from one of the orphanages where they had adopted one of their daughters from. And she said in it, she was like, these are kind of hard to look at, but I feel like the Lord wants me to post them because maybe it'll lead one person to want to adopt. And I saw the pictures and they just kind of stuck in my head for about a week. And then my oldest daughter, the, that same week was like, mommy, I'm so glad I have a mom and a dad and a house to live in. And she brought up the pictures. I don't know whether she heard me talking about them, whether she saw the pictures herself, I don't know. But, um, all I can tell you is I was driving to go get um, laundry detergent and that's what was on my mind. And I started saying these gospely things like as if it was a script, like, yes, sweetie, it's a really wonderful picture of the gospel. When a family has what they need and they uh, make the choice to bring a child into their home. And I'm just saying it matter of factly. And while I'm saying it, it was like God snapped his fingers and dropped this desire um, into my heart. And instantly, seriously, it was so supernatural all my fears, all my resistance dropped away. And I was just, I mean, I should have pulled over. I was just sobbing immediately. And it was like, I just knew God, he just gave me this desire. God wants us to go adopt a little girl from China with special needs. So I called my husband who immediately was crying. And um, cause that's, that was the desire of his heart for years. He was waiting on me, which I know it's usually the other way around that the woman's usually the, from what I hear. Um, but we called, we didn't know who to call. We didn't know anything. I, I messaged my cousin who used Lifeline and she gave me your name and I called two other agencies. I immediately was like, wow, the people at Lifeline like were praying over me in that first phone call. And I just felt and kept talking about how you guys hold, hold the people's hand throughout the process. And you were, you guys were just so wonderful. And it was like a no brainer. We're like, yes, we're going with Lifeline and we're so happy we did. Um, and it was seriously, it was just the most amazing season. It was 11 months of paperwork and phone calls to people like Carla Thrashers and us saying, we don't have the money to do this, Carla. And Carla saying, God provides. And then getting to see God provide, like we needed an agency payment. And then that same week I would get a freelance job for exactly that agency payment. And then we would need wow. another one. And then a family would find us on the internet and be like, hi, you don't know us, but we flip homes and we use our profit to help bring orphans home to families. Do you have a LifeSong account we could put some money into? And it was this huge amount of money. And it was just like, God kept coming through financially and emotionally. And it was like, I couldn't even be afraid if I tried in that season because he was so near and he's always near, but it was like just taking those small steps of obedience when we felt led into the adoption process and just every day saying, we're not going to say no today. We're going to do this next step today. And just getting to experience him in it was just the most amazing thing ever. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> so awesome to see how truly the Lord doesn't just call us into things, but he truly does equip us uh, for yes. what he's calling us into. And so uh, just an amazing story to see how the Lord birthed this. And like you said, not always the way it happens, but birthed this in the heart of your husband, even before y'all had met. Um, yeah. and, and even how through this fear uh, and, and being afraid of all the things that, that the Lord used the desire of your husband's heart, obviously his leadership and the Lord's guidance 
to bring you to that place, but then just not only to bring you to the place where you're ready, but to provide for you uh, each and every step of the way. So knowing that that's your experience, what, what would you, how would you encourage families who are, who are praying through entering in this adoption process, who might be in the midst of this adoption process, or who might be in the post-adoption process, and honestly, they're, 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 they're just absolutely fearful. How would you encourage them? I would say the verses I cling to right now, because I'm post-adoption, you know, and I, I look back and I remember fear before the adoption process, not a lot during, but then super fear when we met Joy, because medically she was not in good shape. She'd been very neglected. Um, and that was scary walking through that season. And um, I would just say First Peter 5, 6, and 7 are these verses I cling to right now. Um, I, I used to just see First Peter 5, 7, which says, casting all your anxieties on the Lord because he cares for you. And I'd be like, okay, God, I'm trying to cast them. This is hard, but it's, I'm still afraid. Like, what does that mean? How does that actually work? And then I realized at, some, at one point that that's the second half of a sentence. If you look in the NIV or the ESV, there's a comma there. And if you go back one verse, it says, humble yourselves, therefore, before the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And I was like, oh, that's what it is. Like, so practically for me, I just, I would encourage people to do the same. Like we need to get on our knees. Um, I do it physically now. I didn't used to, cause I thought that was kind of a ritualistic kind of thing to do, but getting on my knees in this season of life, it reminds me how weak I, it, it's just like a physical reminder. Like, God, you are amazing. And then I, I pray and I remind him as if he needs to be reminded, but I, I tell him who he is and mm. I say it out loud and I, I remind my heart who he is and who I am in him. And I say the gospel out loud because I am so forgetful. I forget every day the power of the gospel. If I don't, if I'm not intentional about actually doing, doing the act of humbling myself in prayer and saying, what is true? What is eternal? Because if I don't do that, I'm going to wake up and be like, okay, I need to do this, this, and this today. The three-year-old is screaming. I need to pack this lunch. And I will immediately be stuck in the temporal cares of this world, you know? Mm. So I'd say no matter where you are in the process, um, our lives, you know, I don't, I don't think that we can get out of this life like, okay, I, I, I figured out the secret to have peace for every day for the rest of my life. Like that doesn't work because Jesus promised us in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So I think the whole thing is to just learn to rest in, um, in the hope of eternity and just keeping that in front of our minds through prayer and God's word and getting people in our lives that preach the truth of the gospel, that we are not enough. We are weak. We need him, but we can have joy in that, you know? Um, it's going to be hard. I mean, it's been, we've walked through hard seasons with adoption. We do all this training, um, and lifeline was amazing to prepare us with like real life people saying stuff like attachment is difficult because when a child has gone through trauma, they don't naturally cling to you like a newborn baby who's grown inside your body for nine months. You know, like I knew that with my yeah. head, but then actually meeting her, meeting joy and experiencing the hardship of that that was really hard for me. And I don't know how I would have gotten through it had there not been honest gospel centered Christians in my life saying, Hey, we did this and it was hard and mm. God is with us, <laughs> you know, because mm. it was, and it wasn't easy. And it's, it's not always easy today. Still it's, it's been almost two years that Joy's been in our family and I still see the effects of her three and a half years of trauma. And, um, 
learning how to navigate that day to day is difficult and I can't do it on my own. Like I, I couldn't do it if I didn't have the Lord and if I didn't have friends and family pushing me to press into the Lord. So that's my advice is cling to God's word, memorize it, play that seeds of seeds, family worship music in your house for it's kids music, that it's just scripture set to music, get it in your hearts. That's what the Bible says to do. And that is the only hope we have is, is our faith, you know? And so, um, that's my advice. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love what you say about just praying back God's promises to him audibly and out loud. And yeah, even as you think about that, I, I think of, you know, Exodus 32 and, you know, Moses comes down off the mountain and the people, stiff necked people had erected a golden calf and, mm-hmm. and God's anger is burning. And, Moses, you know, reminds God of his promises as if hmm. God had to be reminded. And, right. uh, but yet he reminds God of his promises. And, you know, I have hmm. to believe in, in the sovereignty of God. God was still going to be true to his promises. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, the assurity of Moses and the confidence of Moses to say, God, you promised. Mm-hmm. You promised that you would make a great name of this nation. Uh, you you promised that you would you would go before them. Do not depart from us now. And and I think that's such a oh that's such rich advice for families in the beginning, the middle, or the post adoption part of this process is to remind God of His promises because He is true to fulfill those. And I don't know, even even as you talk about fear, such a great reminder that when we're fearful. Uh, to to pray back God's promises and to rehearse God's promises to Him. Well, Scarlett, mm-hmm. you're a writer, and I know that uh, that you've written several books. But would you just maybe even tell us a little bit about the experiencing of writing and publishing a book, and even through that process, what the Lord has taught you? Yeah. Um, well, like I told you earlier, it's something I always wanted to do. And um, it was kind of my one hobby and my one goal. And so I spent years, and I've written about articles about this too, but I spent years in my 20s just so single-minded, focused on that goal that it took over as idolatry for seasons of my life because I'd think if I could just have a literary agent who would think I was good enough to take to a publisher or if I could just get a, this article on this website or if I could, you know... And those are my goals. And like any goal that is not centered around the Lord, it eats you alive and it, it fails you. And, you know, I learned that over and over and my striving to write, to make myself known, thank goodness did not work out. Um, I did not get a literary agent. So I just kind of kept it as my hobby while I was walking with Jesus and learning how to walk with him and learning how to have an intimate relationship with him um, and how to turn from sin in my life, you know, and all the while I was dealing with this anxiety problem and I was getting to walk into seasons like when I met Elizabeth and be like, oh my goodness, I don't have to live with this fear. So all the while I was writing because it's what I love to do. And then how the book thing came to be was just so from the Lord, because I started this blog just about what God was teaching me in my life. Um, and it was just one of these kind of freak things where a stay-at-home mom friend with a private social media account shared a blog I wrote about Jesus. And she happened to go to like middle school with someone who grew up to be 
some senior editor at HarperCollins Publishing. And so the right person saw my blog is basically how it all happened. And that led to a freelance job where I got to write this prayer journal thing. And then that got seen by the right people at my current publisher. And they were like, hey, do you have any book ideas? And I was like, oh, excuse me, let me pull these two fully formed book proposals out of my bag. I've been waiting for this moment my whole life, you know, but the timing of it all happened when I wanted to write about what God's done in my life. I didn't want to write the silly, not that I love reading fiction. I don't think fiction is silly. I just think my motivation was all wrong when I was trying to write fiction. Um, And my motivation had changed and I'm still a sinner and I still ask the Lord, Lord, help me to want you more than anything today, you know, but um, I'm just really grateful because when the whole actually publishing a book thing fell into my lap is what it felt like. I was just really aware of my need for Jesus. And I was really wanting to share this message that I'm talking about right now of, Hey guys, life is scary, but we can rest, you know, because of Jesus. And so it's been a really fun exciting process. And the coolest part has been now that the book is out, it's been out for a few weeks, just getting to hear from strangers about the Lord helping them in their own specific battles with fear and how it's helping them rest. And it's just like, how cool. I'm just so thankful that God would let me do that. And um, yeah, it's it, there, there have been scary parts of the book process because like doing stuff like this a year ago would have terrified me or it did when I found out I'm going to have a book coming out and I'm going to need to talk to people into a microphone like, ah, you know, Um, but it's been so encouraging to talk to other believers and just encourage one another and learn from each other. And it's just been a really great, fun thing. Well, amen. And I just want to encourage folks. uh, Obviously, you can always go to Amazon.com and look for Afraid of All The Things uh, (laughs) on Amazon. Don't forget the the. Uh, and, and obviously, uh, so many of us in our walk, maybe we're not uh, fearful all the time, but fear is, is just a human emotion that is going to creep into our heart. And there are different things that will make us fearful. But what a great gospel-driven, uh, scripture-saturated book for you to get your hands on, especially um, as, as we struggle with the fear and sp- particularly even as we grapple, grapple and, and work through the fears of the things that the Lord calls us to do. So, uh, Scarlett, thanks for coming. And just as we, as we close, um, you know, we, uh, we've talked offline as well about Carla Thrasher and her <laughs> ministry here at Lifeline. I know that even so many people that listen to the podcast know Carla, and I know mm-hmm. she's been special to your family. So could you just say a couple of words about how special Carla is to your family? I would love to talk about how special Carla is. Um, Yeah, so I told you that first phone call, it wasn't Carla. It was someone who I think no longer works for Lifeline. But I felt so much warmth. And I was so scared even making that phone call, even though I knew I have this desire to adopt. My husband has had this desire for years. But it was a scary thing to make that phone call. And then I said, is there like someone else I could talk to because there are our concerns? And so she connected me with Carla, who I think she's still the head of the China department. Mm-hmm. Is that right? That's China right. adoption. So she was kind enough to take time out of her day to talk to me and pray with me. And she was just so full of love and peace and joy and comfort and just heard all of our fears and spoke into them. And um I mean, my husband and I talk all the time about not just her, but everyone we dealt with at Lifeline. They not only, you guys not only just told us what to expect and helped us through 
all the unknowns, but even going to China and then just being in this place. It was two days ago, we were with a family interested in adoption. And my husband was like, here's why we love Lifeline. We didn't have to think about anything except staying alive when we were in China. Mm. Like you guys were so amazing at preparing us and having everything so simple. Like we didn't have to worry. I was just telling you before the we started recording that in China, we were in this town, Tianjin, where there was not a lot of, like some, like Guangzhou, there's a lot of American, there's a Starbucks and a McDonald's and you can kind of figure your way around if you're in the right place. But we were in this place where there were no English speakers. And the reason we were alone was because our guide had dropped us off for our flight, but our flight was delayed. And so we didn't know who to talk to, to be like, hey, is our flight happening? Mm because we couldn't talk to anyone. So I tried to make a phone call and my phone wasn't working. So I went on Facebook at 2 a.m. your time. And I'm like, Carla, help. And within <laughs> like 30 seconds, I mean, she's just amazing. Within 30 seconds, she's making phone calls and working things out. And we made it to Guangzhou and it was all fine. But um, just throughout the process, during, after, um, all the social workers and everyone involved, they've been so amazing to just really truly hold our hands through the process and let us know that we can share any hard thing um share our feelings just you guys are fantastic and i just love telling people how great you are so i'm thrilled to be on this podcast because i'm such a lifeline fan and i'm so grateful for your ministry well, we're grateful for you guys too and grateful for just the lord giving you the words to put down on paper and uh, thanks for joining us, Scarlett. And again, please make sure uh, that you look out for her books, Afraid of All the Things and Number the Pores on My Face, as well as Scarlett's column uh, that she writes regularly for Parent Life Magazine. Thanks for joining us, Scarlett. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel to you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.